Amen. What a beautiful couple that is. Amen. You think they were married or something? Not yet. Amen. They're engaged, though, to be married and such a blessing to our church. Amen. Well, I want to thank all the workers. What a beautiful, awesome, amazing, crazy, awesome with explanation points all over the place. VBS. Amen. Wasn't that amazing? I want all the workers, if they would stand, anybody who served this week in VBS, just stand. And we want to thank you and, and uh, honor you for all the hard work. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. We got, we got a call from Tanzania from Pastor Dylan said, man, I, that, I can't believe how awesome that looks. We had uh, like 80 kids one night and uh, just it looked like Disneyland in here. We're so impressed, and we have, the most, we have the most amazing church in the world. Amen. We, how many believe we have the most amazing church? I know, I'm, I know I'm biased, but that's the truth. We have such amazing people, and I'm so proud of all of you to see that come together and uh, be such a tremendous blessing. So thank you to everyone who served and worked, and uh, those that are online, welcome. Any, any guests we have this morning, let's let them feel welcome. If you're here for the first time, I want you to feel welcome in this place this morning. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want you to know that we are glad you're here. Amen? How many came for a word? Anybody want to eat some spiritual food this morning? Amen. Well, I want to get into the word, and I want to preach a message I know the Lord has put on my heart. And I want to put the title up real quick. It's called Giving That Opens Doors. Now, I got a quick question. Is anybody in here, does anybody in here have more than enough money? You don't need any more money. I just want to see if there's anybody in here that's got more than enough money and, and could just raise your hand and say, I've got plenty. I need, don't need any more. No? I didn't think I was going to see any hands. How many would like to have more finances, more money? So the ones that didn't raise their hand for either one, I'm not sure what you, what you, where you're at, but amen. How many would like to have more money? <clears throat> I'm still trying to figure out the people that didn't raise their hand. We're not going to make you do anything, amen? How many would like to, well, first of all, let me ask that again. Who has more than enough? Okay, no hands. How many would like to have more money? Okay, I was just making sure everybody was here, amen? I do want to talk about giving. Now, I want to put a disclaimer out there if you are visiting. We don't do this every service, but I, we do preach this on every, about every three months. We try to teach a message and principles on giving. And I, last time I preached, it was in February. But we have a church that has learned how to be faithful with their finances. Now, as Pastor Mario was praying, he mentioned if you need healing someplace, just put your hand on your head or on your leg or whatever. And I was thinking maybe some people need to put their hand on their wallet for healing. Amen? Or on their purse. How many need healing in your finances this morning? How many would like to get out of debt? How many would like to be able to give at any moment whatever you want to give? How many would like to be able to go to the store and buy groceries and not have to be counting up as you go to make sure you have enough? Amen? I think that every one of us want to have more. And I've got news for you. God wants you to be blessed. Do you believe that? We have a God who is a giver. I think there's a, a weird way that people think sometimes when it comes to giving, but we forget that God is not a taker. He's a giver. And one of the most famous verses in the Bible is that God so loved the world that he gave. So he is a giver, amen? And what he wants to do with us is he wants us to come into covenant with him, and he wants us to understand the principles of giving and being a generous person. And I was thinking about giving, okay? And I'm going to read a verse here in a second that's really important. But I was thinking about how people spend money on crazy things. Have ever, anybody, has anybody ever spent money on something crazy, by the way? I think probably all of us have spent money we shouldn't have on something. But I've got a couple real winners today. Just uh, a couple days ago, the NBA Finals started with, in basketball. And I'm a big basketball fan, and so I've been watching all the games. And it's the NBA, uh, Milwaukee Bucks and the, and the Phoenix Suns. And they, neither one of these teams have been there for like at least 30 years to the finals. And they're not like my Lakers that get there all the time. Just throwing that in. Wow. Bounce, 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 bounce. Anyways, this Phoenix Suns fan wanted to go to a game so bad that he sold his car to buy a ticket to the first game of the NBA Finals. And that's desperation, amen? And how many know he probably didn't think about going to work the next day to pay for the ticket or how he was going to get there, but he sold his only car 
to buy a ticket to go to the NBA Finals. Some of you know that's not too smart. Now, I got a better one, though. Talk about wasting money. Is, maybe you've bought a piece of art or you admire art. Tell me there's a lot of people that pay crazy money for art, like crazy money. And if you like art, that's fine. But how about paying crazy money for something that's invisible? Do you have the picture? Watch this. Somebody in New York paid $18,000. This is true story. New York Post, $18,000 for an invisible sculpture. And there it is. Isn't that beautiful? And it's not, it, it's, what's crazy is it's not a joke. They really did. And they actually even, the, the Italian artist had to present a certificate of authenticity that it was real. Is that, it sounds crazy, right? But it's true. And, he, and here we are sometimes in our, in our walk with God and, and, and we think things are so crazy. That's crazy, Okay. And, and, and God, all God wants us to do is be obedient. Amen? So I want to talk about giving that opens doors. Now, I want to get this out the way because what I want to talk about is beyond this. But I want you to look at Malachi chapter 3. This is the most clear verse in the Bible. This is how the church functions. This is how the gospel is preached. Because God intended for us to be part of the kingdom of God. And he intended us to be tithers. Okay, so I'm going to make this real simple. If you don't understand what tithing is yet, the Bible says, bring all the tithes. Okay, tithes is a word that means tenth. And so it says, bring all the tithes. And when it says all, that means, that means every time you get paid, all of your increase that comes to you, you're supposed to tithe on it or give a tenth. Now, I understand that across this place, there's all kinds of mentalities when it comes to money. And, and I just want you to know right off the bat that generally, we're not generous people. Do y'all realize that? Generously, we're not, generally, we're not giving people. We're actually quite selfish. We're actually quite uh, like kids where we say, mine, 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 mine. You know, I could take you back to the nursery and I could show you what our sin nature's like, where we want somebody else's toy. And uh, as a matter of fact, we had Dylan and Kristen over to the house yesterday. Even in the animal kingdom, it works that way. My dog, Kobe, has some toys he hasn't touched forever. But they brought their German Shepherd over, and all of a sudden, he didn't want the other dog to play with his toy. How many realize that even in the animal kingdom, we're, we're greedy? And so we're not generous people. We have to learn how to have the heart of God, which is a giving heart. And so how the church functions is we get paid, and the Bible says bring all the tithes, tenth, into the storehouse. The storehouse is the church. This is the place where we receive God's word. This is the place where we're equipped. It's the place where marriages have been restored. It's the place where people have been healed. It's the place where people have been delivered from drugs. It's the place where people have had their life totally transformed. This is God's storehouse. And so he says, go ahead and bring all your tithes in. Now I was thinking about tithes. And how God is telling us to do this. And, and how he says, this is something I expect. And he's, he's testing on this, us on this and challenging us on this. And I thought to myself, some people just say, you know what? I just don't agree with the whole tithe thing. I'll just give whenever I feel led. Or I'll just give whatever I have. I don't know about this whole tithe thing. And that's kind of how we live. But I thought, you know, what it would be like if I went to eat at a restaurant after church, church today. And my wife and I ordered some food at Chili's, for example, some restaurant, Cheddar's, and, and they brought us the bill. And I went up to go pay at the cash register, and the bill was $35. And I got up there, and I said, you know what? I'm going to pay you the whole 35 bucks. I give her the thing, and she says, it's $35. And I said, oh, you know what? I f I'm going to give you the whole 35 Would they look at you weird? Why would they look at you weird? Because you owe them $35. You don't get to choose if you pay the whole $35 or not. But because you've received a service. How many know we have received something from God that we could never pay back? But God says, the way I'm going to make my kingdom work is I'm going to have all my believers give something. And I'm going to give them a number because I know my people are not very generous because they have a sin nature. And if I just leave it to them to give whatever they want to give, we're going to come in here and we're going to put our hands in our pocket and we're going to pull out a cough drop and we're going to throw the empty cough drop wrapper in the offering. Come on. Y'all with me? So he says, I'm, I, it's like the electric bill. I, you know, I get an electric bill for $200. I can't call and say, I, don't, I, don't, I can't pay the $200 this month. I just, I have 100 
Yeah, what are they going to do? And shut my electric off. Amen? So why do we have that mentality sometimes with the things of God? God says, I want to have a covenant with you. I give you a service. I give you salvation. I give you life. And I want my kingdom to function, so I want you to bring in what is mine to me. And this goes back to the Garden of Eden. When the Garden of Eden happened, what did God tell to Adam and Eve? He said, this entire garden is yours, but that tree over there, don't touch it. That's mine. Is that true? And so with us, he says, all the money that I give you is yours, but the tithe is mine. Don't touch it. And when we touch God's tithe, we are not allowed to have the blessings that God wants us to have on our lives. And we shut doors instead of opening them. How many want God to open doors for you this morning? So it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food or provision in my house and try me now in this. Only place in the Bible, you've probably heard some guys up here at Offering Time mention this, the only place in the Bible we can test God is in our finances. And it says, says the Lord of hosts, and he goes, test me and see if I will not pour, or sorry, open up the windows of heaven. How many would like the windows of heaven to open up over your lives in finances? I mean windows of heaven. I'm not talking about blessings you can get. I'm talking about blessings God can give you. And he says, and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I want to be there. And I believe that God wants all of us to be there. So that said, that out of the way, this is what God expects of us. This is something that kind of like we realize this is what I do. I'm a tither. But I don't want to talk just about that today. I want to go beyond that. I want to talk to you about what do you give out of your money. What, where does the blessing come from with God? When, see, when I go pay that $35 bill, I'm paying what I owe, but then I give a tip out of what I think they did for me for service. Out of my, what I owe, I say I'm going to give a five, $5 tip or a $10 tip, and I do that out of the generosity of my heart. We've we got to understand, the true blessing this morning comes not just from the obedience of tithes. It comes from what you give that's yours out of that 90%. And I'm telling you, you can receive it or reject it this morning. God wants to get more money to you. God wants to bless you. He wants to open up doors. And I love that Destiny made this with more than one door. Because he doesn't just want to open up a door. He wants to open up doors. Multiple doors. In your life. And I'm going to show you some stories in the Bible. But here's the problem. How many know that there's always, whenever there's something good from God, there's always going to be opposition? This is one of the most opposed subjects in all of the Bible. And, and we know why. Because God said that the, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so there's a, there's a people in here, possibly here, that, don't, that, don't, that, that love God less than they love their money. Somebody give me a whistle, please. Amen? Is that, is that possible? Would you at least tell me that that's a possibility? That possibly someone, you might not do it on purpose, but you might love your money more than you love God, and that's called the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon, the Bible says, is when I love money more than I love God. Or I put my money first before God. That's what the spirit of mammon is. And we have to pray against the spirit of mammon, meaning we have to pray against the spirit of greed or selfishness or holding on to things. And I'm going to teach you some things this morning, and I believe that by the time this service is over, you're going to have some things in your spirit that are really going to help you because I believe this. I believe our giving is tied to our destiny. The kind of givers that we are is tied to the destiny that God has for our lives. How many would say you could, you could, that, that could make some sense? And, and then the Bible shows us, as we're going to look at a scripture here, that our giving predicts our future. How many want to have a prosperous future? How many want your kids to be prospered and your grandkids to be prospered? How many want the path before you? Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you want the path before you to open up and have God go before you, as Pastor Mario was saying, and walk with you and do things that only he can do and open doors that only he can open. If we want that, we have to understand that our giving is tied to that. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Generosity is the heartbeat of God. He's a generous God. Generosity is something we're not born with. It's something we have to acquire. And it takes action, and it takes practice, and it takes us defeating our flesh. Because our flesh says, mine. 
mine. And, and it make, doesn't make sense that in the world, we understand that when we give things away, we lose. But in the kingdom of God, when we give things away, we win. Amen? Some of y'all get that tomorrow. Listen to this verse, Proverbs 18, 16. So clear. A man's gift, gift is another word for offering. A man's gift or offering makes room for him. Makes room for him. And brings him before great men. How many would like God to open up doors and put you before great men, powerful people, people with influence? That's what this is, a man's gift. So according to how a man gives or a woman gives, according to our generosity, it makes room. Watch what the New Living Translation says. Giving a gift can open a door. It gives access to important people. But I got news for you. There's one person in here that's more important than anybody, and it's God. So God is the one who moves the hearts of people. And God is the one who does miraculous things. Does anybody believe that God is a supernatural God? So if he's a supernatural God, why can't he give us supernatural finances? Right? He can. All he wants us to do is obey him. So I want to give you a story. I don't have time to read it. It's a lot of verses, but I'm going to paraphrase it. If you want to write it down, 1 Samuel chapter 25. This is the story of David. How many have heard of King David? He's the one that killed Goliath. They had that during VBS. They had a big old thing of Goliath, and he went down during VBS. David, King David, a mighty man of use of God. In this, in this story in 1 Samuel, he is with his mighty men. The Bible says his mighty warriors. There's about 600 of them. And they're in Carmel, and they want to go through this place, this city, this great property of this man named Nabal. And the Bible says his name means fool. I'm not saying it. It's what the Bible says. But he's rich. He's prosperous. He has lots of money, lots of donkeys, lots of sheep, lots of cows, and lots of acres. And so while David is with his mighty men, and you can read this later in your time, and I hope you do, he is uh, hearing that Nabal is it's sheep shearing. Say that fast five times. Actually, don't. We're in church. Sheep shearing season. Amen. Don't do that, especially now. If you say, uh, if he, so he hears that's going on. He says, I'm going to pass through this land of sheep shearing season, and that's harvest. Okay, so they're harvesting. And he says, I, whenever you're, he, he's telling his guys, whenever Nabal's sheep were over on our side of our land, we would protect them. We took care of them, and we never stole anything from them. We, we took care of them. We were good to them. So he sends word to Nabal's people, and he says, Nabal, we have blessed be you in the name of the Lord prosperity to you so he speaks life over this guy and he says we're going to come through your land and when we come through your land because we've been so good to you we want you to give us some of the fat of your lamb some of the sh uh, stuff that you've gotten off of your sheep and just help us feed us take care of us as we come through your land we've been good to you be good to us how many know it's a problem sometimes is one of our problems is we want to be given but we don't ever want to give Right? Isn't that our human nature too? We like to receive, but we don't like to give. But in, in God, when you become God's child the way he wants you to become, you become a person who actually likes giving more than receiving. There's a saying, it's better to give than receive. It's even in the Bible. But it's truly true that you can get to a place where you get more satisfaction by giving than receiving. How many want to live that kind of life? So he sends this word ahead. And he says, we're going to come through, take care of us. So Nabal says, who is this David dude? Who is this guy who, who, I don't even know who this guy is. He could be anybody begging for food. And he wants me to give him my hard-earned money? He wants me to take care of him? Who is this David dude? So he says, no. You ain't coming through my land, and you're not getting none of my stuff. So word gets back to King David, warrior David. And David hears the word and he doesn't say anything. He goes like this. And pulls his sword out. It tells his 200 of his men, let's go. We're going to go take this dude out. Man of few words. That's what he said. We're going to go kill him. And we're not just going to kill him. We're going to kill his family. We're going to kill everybody. That's what they did in the Old Testament. They took everybody out. And so he pulls his sword out. He's on his way to destroy on his way to destroy Abigail, Nabal the fool's wife, 
finds out about it. Somebody thank God for your wife. How many fights have wives saved? Or maybe sometimes they've started the fight. I don't know. I've heard those stories too. Amen. But the truth is, is Abigail hears about it, and she is scared for her life, and she's, she goes, that fool. My, how many know when your husband's a fool, he's a fool? She knew. She knew. She's like, she's not even surprised. You can read it later. He's, he's, he's a fool. He's, he's a jerk. He's mean. He's, gr- he's grumpy. He's greedy. And so she says, I've got to do something to stop him from killing my husband and killing all of us and ruining our lives. And so she goes and does this. Watch. She goes and gets an offering. She goes and gathers together a gift. You can read it later in your Bibles. It's around verse 18. Don't do it now. Stay with me. But she goes and gets a gift of flour and grain and and all kinds of stuff and puts it together and puts it on donkeys and rides and she finds David coming with his mighty men. And she gets out and bows before him and says, David, please. And she says, my husband is a fool. She does. She knows it. My husband is a fool. He's a greedy man. He's a bad man. Please don't. Please take my, my, my forgiveness. I'm asking you to forgive me. And she gets down. She gives him this gift. And because she gives a gift, because she gives an offering, it opens a door for her to save her life and to save the life of all of her family and all of their livestock and everything else. How many are seeing what God's doing here? A gift opens doors. And so he receives it. He says, you're forgiven. And he says, thank you for saving me from bloodshed. And she goes back to her husband, and her husband dies and has a heart attack, Nabal. Because how many know that's how things are going to work out? Amen? And then when he dies, she becomes David's wife. And so she went from having a bad husband to having David as a husband. So it opened up a door for her. She wasn't necessarily looking to just find another man, but she was in a miserable place. Even though she had money, how many know money doesn't mean nothing if you're not happy? If you got a fool for a husband. And so it's that, that gift saved Abigail and her family's life and predicted her future. I said to you early, earlier that giving is tied to our destiny and it predicts our future. Now here's another story. I want you to think about this. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I don't have two dimes to, to rub together. I'm too poor to pay attention. Amen. My dad used to say that all the time. I'm dirt poor. I don't have, I don't have any money. I, there's no way God could ever use me to be blessed. There's no, th- that some of you have that mentality, and it might even be a poverty mentality. It might even be a mentality that you're like, this is the way it's going to be. I've got news for you. God wants to change that situation. Are you listening to me? God wants you to get to a place where you're blessed. Now, now listen, I'm not saying this in a way of, this isn't a prosperity preaching church. This isn't where we grab, a, we grab the Bible and go, open your Bibles to Psalms 119.87. And the Lord is telling me right now that if you write out a check right now for $119.87, when you walk out of here this morning, there'll be a Mercedes Benz waiting for you right there. Someone will be holding the keys for you. People do that. People do that. We don't do that. That's what we're talking. We're talking about principles. We're talking about living the word of God. But you might be here and in your heart, because I've been there, say, I want to be a giver. I want to give more. I want to be prospered. I want to be able to be a blessing. And if you're that person, I got good news for you, because there's lots of people like that in the Bible. First Kings chapter 17. Listen to this. You, say, you might say, I don't have much. I'm going to tell you this if you're taking notes. It starts with simple obedience. It starts with simple obedience. Okay? Obedience to God's word. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's where it starts. But then God wants you to get beyond that where that's obvious. Where, where first fruits, the Bible says in Proverbs, you just leave that verse up there for a second. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, it says, honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of your substance. And I was talking to someone about this after the first service. That means, and, and I've had people come and share with me that that was a revelation to them, the first fruit part. Because we can get paid $500, let's say, and we know we got to tithe $50. But by the time we go to pay the tithe, a bill came up. 
that spirit of mammon rises up and says, you owe the car payment. You got to pay your electric bill. And so you make that decision and the spirit of mammon wins. And maybe you pay your tithe or maybe you don't, but maybe you pay it later. But there is a special blessing when you get paid and you pay your tithe first. You don't pay other bills with it first. You give God his first. And if you don't believe that, watch this story. The word of the Lord came to him. This is Elijah saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. How many want to be led by the Lord? And he says, see, I have come. Now, this is crazy. This is the Bible. This is where we see supernatural. He says, I've got a widow there to, now, leave it it right there for a second. A widow there to provide for you. Now, listen, there's a lot of widows, men or women, when they did things right financially, that when they die, they're taken care of. That's the way it should be. They should have their house taken care of. They shouldn't have to work. Isn't it sad? Is it sad for anybody else when you see, when you go to Walmart or something and you see some of those older people working? Hopefully they're working just because they're bored. Hopefully they're working because they just want to do something, and that's the case a lot of times. But some of those people that are working at that old age are working because they don't have money. And that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So some people, some widows have money. And so maybe he thought, oh, God's going to send me to this very prosperous widow, and I'm just going to be on this nice ranch, and we're gonna, she's going to take care of me, and I'm going to have more than enough. But that's not where he was sending him, because God likes to use difficult situations to make miracles. Did y'all catch that? God likes to take little things and make big things. If you don't believe that, just read the Gospels. Jesus would take some loaves and some fishes and feed 5,000 men. He likes to, he likes to, you don't believe he's supernatural? He likes to put coins in fish's mouths and say, go fish and pull out the coin. You'll find supernatural money. I'm talking to somebody. Somebody's going to get this in here this morning. And he says, see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he goes, and then he finds out the situation. So he arose and went. That's the key. We got to obey. She arose, he arose and went. So he, he did what, she, what he asked God to ask. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, there was a widow there. But if she was gathering sticks. And it says he called to her, and watch this. He says, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Now, how many know that's kind of bold? He's asking this old widow lady to give him a drink of water. It's like, instead of, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? Uh, bring me a drink of water. That's kind of bold. How many know we got to be bold with God and with the things of God? As she was going to get it, she turns around to go get the water. He says, wait, wait, wait. And bring me a morsel of bread with that. Bring me some, bring me some bread too. And put a little butter on it. Right? So he meets her. Bring me some bread. Bring me some water. And watch what she says. Lord, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. See, that's what I was talking about a second ago. You might be here, and you might say, I don't have anything to give. I'm, I'm poor. I'm, 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 I'm paycheck to paycheck. I, I can't even afford to, to pay anything, let alone 10% to something. And, and so she says, I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. You see the words little there? Little, little. And she says, see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare it for myself and my son. Leave this verse up for a second, please that we may eat it and die. I love how God works because God loves to come into situations that look dead and resurrect them. God wants to resurrect some people's finances this morning. Some people's finances in here are dead. They're dead. And they look, they look bad. It looks bad. It looks bad on paper. It looks bad everywhere you look. But God wants to resurrect some people's finances. If you'll just grab this. If you'll just get this this morning. So she's just her last meal. Now watch what happens. And Elijah says, do not fear. Tell the person next to you, do not fear. Now tell them this, don't fear money. Amen? How many know we don't have to fear money? Because if it's God, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Does anybody in here believe that God is Jehovah Jireh? My provider. I believe it. He provides. And the, here's, here, I just want to throw this in for free. This is the most awesome thing about serving God. He's supernatural. If you're in a situation where you're lacking, you know, where you're, you know what you're really in? You're in a situation for a miracle. It's so cool. 
That's how God works. Don't look at your situation like, man, this is never going to work out. Look, good, look at yourself as a great candidate for a miracle. A great opportunity for God to show up and show out. This is what's about to happen. I'm not trying to spoil the story, but I wouldn't be reading this if it wasn't going to turn out good. Amen? So he says, don't fear. And watch this. And do as you've said. And here's first fruits. But make me a small cake from it. Say it with me. First. How bold is that? She's going to make her last meal and die. And he's bold enough to tell her. And remember, this is the woman that God had said was going to provide for her. See, some of you have to get a word in your spirit that even though situations don't look good, the word in your spirit tells you God's going to provide. Somebody catch that, please. Something in your spirit that tells you God is going to provide. Because he knows, he can ask boldly about this woman, even though it's her last meal, he's not, and this is where we have to get, he's not seeing her last meal. He's seeing the miracle God's going to do. Because God already told him before he went, she's going to provide for you. When you go to pay your tithes and you go to pay offerings and you go to trust God and step out, you are believing by faith that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And I don't know if you serve the same God I do, but I serve a God that can't lie and can't fail. So he's going to come through. He's going to come through. Are you all seeing this? She's going to provide for him, but she only has one meal. Don't fear. My God's involved in this. I, I serve a multiplication God. I serve a supernatural God. But make me a cake from it first and bring it to me. And then he says, afterward, make some. So he's saying, give me what's mine first and then take care of yourself. And watch what happens for you and your son. Watch what happens. For thus says the Lord of God. Here's the word for us this morning. The bin of flour will not be used up. The jar of oil will not run dry. I'm prophesying to you this morning. If you'll catch this, God will never let your oil run dry. God will never let that flower run out. He, will have a, he has a limitless supply of finances for people who believe in his word. Limitless finances. And he says, and it will never run dry until the Lord sends rain on the earth. And then watch what it fin- how it finishes. So she went. There's the key. She obeyed. She didn't say, no, I'm sorry. Sounds great. I can't do that. So, that sounds like a great story. I, I love God too, but I can't do it. And that's, listen, that's where some people are. And that's why they get what they get. That's why we can't get past the wall. We can't break down that wall of, of, of restraint. We can't have more than enough. We can't see God do miracles because we say, no, we don't go. She just... She went. And, and listen, when she went and she took that first step, stay with me on this. When she took that first step, God already began to pour the oil out. As soon as she turned and obeyed, God began to pour flour and oil and provision over that family as soon as she turned. This morning, if you'll make a decision to be a faithful tither and to get be beyond tithing, give out of your offerings to the Lord he will begin to pour oil out and blessings out. And so she went as according to the word of Elijah, and she, she and her household ate for how many days? How many days was she going to eat? One. One meal. Not even a day. And she ate for many days, and watch this, and the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I don't have much, but it starts with a little bit of simple obedience. As the musicians begin to come in the New Testament, there's a man named Cornelius. Watch this. A giving that opens doors. He is a Jewish devout man. You can read it later. Acts chapter 10. He's a devout Jewish man, but he's not saved. Just to be clear on that, there are people who are Jewish. If they don't put their faith in Jesus Christ, they're not saved. They are God's people, but they have to put their faith in Jesus. This is after Jesus resurrected from the dead. And he is living this life of devout prayer. He gives alms. He gives offerings. He's doing everything right. 
And as he's praying one day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and fasting, the Lord speaks to him and says, there's a man named Peter you need to meet. Even this man who is not saved gathered and grasped the revelation of giving that opens doors. And as he's praying, God says, I want you to call for Peter. And Peter comes to Cornelius' house, and Peter had just had the vision about the Gentiles being able to be saved too. And he goes to the house of Cornelius, and he preaches to his house. And because Cornelius was a giver, and he gave offerings, Peter speaks to Cornelius' house, and his entire house gets saved. And they all get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they get baptized in water. So his gift opened up a door for his destiny. Somebody catch this this morning. Our giving opens up doors. Our giving opens up doors. Why? Because God's not trying to get money from us. He's trying to get money to us. Don't doubt it. How many would believe this morning that the Holy Spirit could speak to us? How many believe that He could speak to us? He could challenge us. Listen, in some churches, uh, statistically, they say like 30% of the people tithe. That's not the case here. I don't know what percentage it is, but we're a tithing church. And not only is our people tithers, our church tithes. We give thousands and thousands of dollars a month to missions as a church. We can't do that if everybody's not trusting the giving that opens doors. But watch this. Beyond everything I just said, if you don't remember anything else, this is the most important thing. When you give here, you are also opening doors for people to be saved. He gave, and Cornelius was saved through his giving. And then his family was saved. So every time we tithe, every time we give an offering here, every time we sow seed into the kingdom of God here, we're saving souls. Not just here, but on, online, on podcasts, around the world, in Costa Rica, in Africa, in Czech Republic, all around the world, lives are getting saved every time we put money in and we invest. But how many believe, can believe with me? Do you know just like we pray for a miracle of healing, we have to have faith? How many know we have to have faith this morning that God can do abundantly above and beyond what we ask or think in our finances? I believe there's some people in this place that want to be amazing givers. I believe there's people in here that are already amazing givers, but you want to be amazinger. Just had to throw a Texas word in there. Bow your heads. Lord, challenge our people today. I'm challenged personally to give more, to be more faithful with my finances because I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to people. I want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I want to be a blessing in Africa. I want to be a blessing in Europe. I want to be a blessing in Mexico, in Costa Rica, in El Salvador, Father, in Canada. I want to be a blessing today, Father. All across this place, would you just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart? Would you just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, to teach you, to show you that He's a good God? that just wants simple obedience. That we can test Him in these things and see if He doesn't pour out blessings upon us that we cannot even contain. But as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, church, there's something more important than that, and that's your soul, your, soul, your salvation. How many across this place this morning listening, maybe you're visiting, it's your first time, Maybe you've been coming for a while. You're watching online. You're listening on the podcast. You're not saved. What does that mean? The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. Fall short. And, and the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. There's also another door, the Bible says, and it's the door of our heart. Revelations 3 says Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And he says, let me come in and I'll dine with you. I mean, I'll have a relationship with you. And this morning, if you've never let him in, you might have listened to a hundred messages. This might be the first one you've ever heard. But Jesus is asking to be Lord of your life. He already gave. He already gave his life on the cross for you. And now he's asking you to accept him and let, you, let him be Lord of your life. And let him lead your life. And only a fool would say no to that.
because he's a good God. He's a master. He's a savior. He's a king. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. He knows where you were born. He knows where you came from. He knows where you're going. And he loves you. And he has a purpose for you and a destiny for you. How many can say, Pastor, right now before we move into another part of prayer here, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord. Would you just lift your hand up all across this place, front to back and side to side. Just put it up and put it down. I need Jesus this morning. Come on. I don't know your heart. I don't know where your heart's at. But if you're not saved, you need to put your faith in Jesus today. Tomorrow's not promised. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I'm going to wait just a few more moments. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're running from the Lord. You know the truth, but you're not living for the Lord right now. You need to come home. You need to get right with God. How many can say, that's me? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down all over this place. Amen. Well, for those that are watching online and listening on the podcast, or for you that is here and didn't raise your hand, I want to say a prayer of salvation this morning. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for all of my sins. I believe that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And today, I put you as Lord, as Master, and Savior of my life. I'm no longer mine. I've been bought with a price. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you for raising from the dead to defeat death. I accept that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to leave, we're going to stay online this morning. Normally we would go off at this time, but we're going to stay on today because I want to do something else. I want to challenge you. This is a, a kind of a different day. I feel very strong about this. I believe that something's happening today in our finances. There's this, we're not, we don't have a specific need. We know we're trying to build on, add on to our building and expand, but that's not it. I'm talking about sowing a seed today to open a door. I'm talking about some of you here becoming tithers. I'm, so, I'm talking about some of you becoming greater givers. And it's not for it's not for me, it's not for the church, it's not for God, it's for you. It's for you to have abundance. It's for you to be able to do what you want to be able to do. But God is expecting us to step out of our comfort zone. He's expecting us to give for a door to open. It's obedience. And all I'm asking for you to do this morning is listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says you to do something, do it. As you saw in those stories, they acted out of obedience. Abigail heard the voice of the Lord and she ran to stand in front of David with an offering. That, that uh, God told Elijah, go to that widow and he went. God told that widow to give the first fruits and she did. God told Cornelius in prayer, call for Peter and he did. All those things happen because of acts of obedience. I want to give you an opportunity today. I'm going to ask the ushers to come down again. We're going to take up another offering. We, I don't do this all the time. I don't even know if I've ever done it. But I want to give somebody here today that heard this message an opportunity to sow a seed into this message. To sow a seed into ground. Me and Pastor Mario were talking about after the first service. It's like putting a seed into ground that's fertile. I promise you in this place it's fertile ground. They're going to put the text to give back up on the screen. Ushers, you can begin to come, please. They have envelopes. If you want to give an offering, I challenge you challenging you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and I'm challenging you to participate my wife and I have already done our offering and we've already given toward this is above and beyond our tithes I just believe something's tied to this this morning I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity I believe that that miracle money would you say that with me miracle money how many would like to have miracle money miracle money that means no explanation but the problem is sometimes we're, we're holding on so tight to our stuff that we squeak. Amen? How many don't want to squeak when you walk? Amen? <laughs> Laugh a little. So serious. See, that shows me his problem. Amen? God's a giver. Money can come in the, in the mail. Bills can be taken care of. Here's one thing that 
my wife and I are learning. Sometimes you're in a situation that you need a miracle, miracle money. And sometimes you want that miracle to happen the way you want it to happen. And you're believing for it a certain way. And then God says, no, I'm going to do it a different way. And sometimes he just has you do the things you're supposed to do. And then he puts yourself in a position to receive the miracle. And I believe this morning that this is God's timing. I believe that it's a moment. Listen to this. I didn't say this in the first service. Maybe it's just for this service or those that are watching online. It's a moment where mammon is speaking. Remember what mammon is again? When we put money over God. And where mammon is speaking, especially even to tithers, you might be, you might be tempted right now in the middle of summer to say, you know what, I want to go on vacation. We'll just use our tithe money. We can't afford to give because we've got to go to conference. How many are following what I'm saying? There's temptations that come before you to, not, to stop doing the right thing. And some of you may, might be right on the edge of your blessing. You might be right there. And then you stop. God is a God who watches obedience. God is a God who honors obedience. And so today, again, if you're not a tither, your opportunity today to start tithing is just to make a decision and say, you know what? The next time I get paid, I'm going to start being a tither. Or maybe you've been inconsistent. That's one of the things I thank God for. I was telling my son-in-law this yesterday. I learned from my parents to be a faithful tither from a very young age. And in my conscience, I'm not saying I couldn't have made a human mistake, but I have never missed a tithe in my entire life that I know of. Does that make sense? I'm not saying something couldn't have slipped through, but consciously, I've never missed a tithe. And any increase that comes my way, I don't, I don't like some people like, well, I, is, this, is this increase or not? If it comes and I don't have it, it's increased to me because I want blessing on it. I get money that's not mine, I, I tithe because I want more. I want to be the one that can be the blessing. I want to be the one that when we need to build a building, I can just write the check out. Don't even need to ask. Does anybody else want that? Does anybody else want to be able to pay for someone's meal and not even miss it? Be a blessing to somebody. Have an have a offering like this come up or a missions thing and just say, I'll, I, I'll, I'll pay it. Have someone stand and say, if someone, if someone would give a thousand, I'm not doing this, someone would give a thousand dollars and you just stand and thou, like nothing. And maybe you wouldn't even have it, but you've learned faith. I remember Nestor. I, w I didn't have this plan, but Nestor's been coming about how many years? Five or six? Going on five? I remember when you, you came in, right? Come up here real quick so people on, online can see you. you. You just started coming, like very short amount of time, right? When that Africa thing happened? Come on, come over here so the camera can see this handsome dude. And he had just started coming, and we were taking up pledges to buy land in Africa. And he, he was, you, I don't think you'd argue with me, you weren't really saved yet, huh? <laughs> like you were like figuring it out, right? You are figuring it out. He'd miss a few weeks, and then he'd show up. And he, but he was at a service one day when we took up money, pledges to buy a blanket. And it was a $1,000 pledge. That's a lot of money. And he didn't even have this understood yet, but something hit his spirit, right? That was spirit, not, not up here. You want to say anything about it? I can't. Um, it was all the spirit. Um, it was all the spirit. Um, at first, you know, I, I was skeptic about it. And it's a funny story because um, I talked to my mom about tithing. And she, I come from a Catholic um, family background and my mom would be like no because then you'll see the pastor driving a Mercedes and one day I see pastor driving a Mercedes I was like man my mama was right and an old Mercedes though you know so I asked him and you know he gave me the background and you know I knew that the enemy was working through my mom to try to get me to not be too focused on that I've never been tied up with money but, you know, I did worry about where my money went. So when they did the pledge, me and my wife, we stand in agreement. Okay, we're, we're going to trust God in this. And we did it. And it's crazy because we didn't even have the money. I stopped selling weed. I stopped dealing drugs. 
So it was hard for us because she quit her job and I had to do self-employed work. So we trusted God and money came out of nowhere. We were able to do that and we had extra. So it was, it was beyond understanding. Thank you, buddy. I didn't have that planned. But I just looked back at him and Holy Spirit said, use him as an example. Don't, so you don't, even, it's, it's, you don't even understand what the Holy Spirit says, do this. And since then, I mean, they, bought, they, got a, they live in a house now. Their kids are all serving God. God has prospered them tremendously. And I could go across this place of all the testimonies. It's, a, it's, it's, it's what you'd call fertile ground here. Meaning when you know you put the seed in, it's going to grow. Because we do everything with the money we say we're going to do, as, as does our fellowship. When we take up an offering for something, it goes totally to that. But I just know today, for those that will catch it, this is one of those things. Pastor Jones always tells us, vision is caught more than it's taught. And, and for whoever will catch this this morning, again, it's not let's make a deal. It's listen to the Holy Spirit and watch what God will do. And we will have testimonies of miracle money. And I'm believing for something myself. My wife and I are believing for something. We've put ourselves in position. Now I know the miracle's going to come. Because he's a God that can't lie. So I'm going to pray over this. Either if you're giving text to give, or you're just taking out of your wallet and giving something, I would, I would challenge you to give something today. Or you're just making the decision. Next time I get paid, I'm going to start being consistent. I'm going to test God in this. Watch what God does. I'm going to pray over it. And then I'm going to ask everybody to stand and just come down to this altar. And we're going to worship. And I want to pray over you. Okay? Father, I pray over this offering. And I pray over every person that's going to give. And we're doing this a little bit different than we did in the first service, Lord. But I know that you're leading this by your Holy Spirit. And I pray right now that you would bring a special blessing of open doors. That's the word, the gift that opens doors, giving that opens doors. You know the, the needs in here, you know the bills, you know the businesses, you know the, the, the situations, and I just pray a blessing right now. I pray faith over these people that are giving this morning. Lord, you know that my wife and I have already sent our text to give in, and we are trusting and believing 30, 60, 100-fold return, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. As they begin to pass that around and go through it, as they pass you, would you just come?